goodness. Juliana Payne in the seat. Her corner wants her to pressure. Taproom Sports, a sports podcast unlike any other podcast around. That's right, because it's about two of the greatest things on this planet, sports and beer. I am your host, Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. Lats, here as always with my co-host, my yes, partner sir. in crime, Mr. Big Balling, Ben Larson. What's going on tonight, Ben? Man, been a long day we got our uh, biscuits and barrels podcast out uh, well not out but uh, recorded today so that's going to be uh it's going to be put out fairly soon we had uh one of the guys from torch and crowned not only send us uh beers to review on the podcast but also be on the podcast itself so that was uh that was great great podcast um that we did earlier i do have to say i did drink a 750 milliliter uh, 11.5 percent imperial stout earlier so the end of the podcast uh it's gonna be fun it's Might definitely be gonna be fun slurry on yep yeah <laughs> but great weekend uh great sports hockey was great football was great ufc was interesting last night um a lot of lot of good stuff i'm actually looking forward to monday so that's uh it's a difference definitely Hell a difference yeah, how you doing Man, I'm great. I'm great. Uh, very interesting weekend of sports, though, for sure. <laughs> Yesterday in UFC, all underdogs in the main card win except for Sean O'Malley. And then today in NFL, only one underdog – or sorry, two underdogs covered in the morning. And then I don't even think an underdog covered because uh, the Lions lost, right? The Bucks yep. won. The – who else played in the oh yeah the chargers covered broncos chargers niners dude just cover after cover after cover for the heavy favorites dude the books lost over a million dollars today it might have recouped some in the in the sunday night game because i saw a lot of the tickets were on the bears um okay but, but nonetheless, a very interesting weekend of sports, man. And I hope y'all listen to APR because we were on a lot of those favorites too, man. Yep. I think we did very Absolutely good. Right. I, I went 2-0 in my best bets on APR, which means you went at least 1-1 one because one me and you were going head-to-head in one of them. There we go. Did, did you, By the way, did you watch that Broncos-Lions game, the end of it? I did not. So they were at 41 with like – Eight minutes to go in the third quarter. Dude, uh-huh. nobody scored until the two-minute warning, and then the Broncos finally scored another touchdown. But the, the Lions Which didn't score at all in the second half. Wow. It was it was hella close. But I, in the third quarter, I was like, dude, 
oh, this is money guaranteed. I don't even have to watch the game. And then I kept checking the score and it was like, oh my God, it was at 41 for the longest time. I'm like, oh my God, dude, this is insane, (laughs) bro. But nonetheless, we're here. We're here, Ben, Sunday night. We're drinking some great, great beer as always. Absolutely. So for those of you out there who may be uh, just uh, checking in with us or um, who haven't heard for a while, Jordan and I are big fans of beer, just like we are of sports. And uh, we want to bring that to you. Um, We've been uh, on this kind of notion that we're sitting at a bar, we're drinking beer and we're talking sports. And that's what we want this podcast to be. Um, So we want to bring that to you guys. We want you to go out to your local breweries. We want you to go out to bottle shops and we want you to maybe check out some of the beers that we're, uh, we're drinking, or at least just check some out that maybe you haven't tried before. And uh, that's really the big thing. Um, Try something that you maybe didn't like before. Um, Maybe things change different brewers, you know, add different things to recipes, which can really, you know, up their beers or, who knows? Maybe you might have a throw out beer and that's okay too. It's all about personal, personal preference in beers. Um, so we're going to be reviewing two. It always beers sucks throwing a beer away though. It does. It really does. Um, but uh, sometimes it's okay. So we're going to be uh, reviewing two beers a show, but before we get to that, I definitely have to tell everyone that we are being sponsored by Tavour tonight. Uh, make sure to go to devour.com or download the devour app, use promo code taproom and get $10 off your first purchase of $25 or more. Yes, yes. I was just on there today and I got two pints for $8. So that's two free beers and you'd still have $2 left over for another beer to try out. Um, so definitely go on there, check out uh, devour. They've got some great, great beers on there. That's, uh, that's where we get you know a bunch of our beers here for the show. So absolutely check that out. What are you drinking tonight? Okay. So tonight I have a theme then. So I'm drinking two beers from the same brewery, except this isn't really a brewery. This is, this is interesting. This is an interesting one. All right. So I'm drinking. My first beer is going to be from Feroz Falcon and collaboration with electric brewing company. So I was looking at up Feroz Falcon um, and I couldn't really, f- they, they didn't have a website. So I was like, what the fuck is going on with this, dude? Yeah. So I did some more digging, dude. Doug and Doug and Doug. And I come to find out that Froes Falcon is actually a quote, and this is uh, quoted by them in an article, a radical concept brought to you by Oris Aged Ales and Mason Ale Works. So they're both out of San Marcos, California. Oris Aged Ales is a brewery that, only do barrel aged beers that's all they do so they came okay. together with the dude that started mason ale works um who now doesn't i don't take i don't think he works there i think he sold the company and then they're using mason ale works is like on site uh this what's it called a brewery distillery brewery yeah. and right. that's where they're making these beers and so this set is in collaboration with other beers um other companies uh that are local so this one's in collaboration with electric brewing company it's a triple ipa coming in at 10.1 percent it's called juice wolf yes sir uh it's unfiltered with a crazy grain bill highlighted by golden promise and chip malt so uh, first couple sips of it very good like not what I would expect from a triple IPA. Um, you know, we were texting earlier and I was like, dude, I'm kind of scared to drink this triple, (laughs) 
but it actually is not like super harsh like a lot of triple ipa so i'm excited to drink this one dude i'm definitely excited for the next one nice hell yeah um so my first beer is uh, I, I unfortunately didn't do a christmas beer i should have but uh i didn't today um the first beer that i'm going to be doing is called a tribe called quench um so this is uh you know obviously after tribe called quest but this is coming out of barrel brothers which is in windsor uh, california which is kind of sonoma county um so a little bit uh northern california here but um it's uh you know they made it because it was kind of a a, as they say a a convergence of genres and styles which you know tribe called quest is is definitely that um so they use two row and flaked oat um, as part of their malt, and then they blend the hops of Amarillo and Cashmere. So Amarillo is definitely one of my kind of favorites. Um, Cashmere is not necessarily in too many beers. It's definitely great, gaining popularity, um, but um, it uh, it's going to give me the hint of tangerine for maximum quenchability. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It's a 7% hazy IPA, so it'll, uh, it'll definitely be a you know, a, a good, strong beer. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Hell yeah, man. Looking forward to hearing about that one. Cause I love a tribe called quest and I love yep. the can art of that one. Can art is That one incredible. is awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you gotta take a picture incredible. and post it on the Instagram. Yeah. They don't have uh, artists listed on here, which is unfortunate, but uh, yeah, definitely did a good job on it. So, but it's time to hop into some NFL. So we don't have a ton to talk about this week, Ben, um, as we kind of, you know, noted in the beginning that basically all the favorites won today. Like the people we expected to win won. There was no crazy upsets. Not a yep. lot of underdogs covering. Um, it seems that as we get towards the end of the season here and really wind down into the playoffs, you know, we're really starting to get a clear picture of like who these playoff teams are. I think the one one game that like kind of like really stood out as like a close one to me, maybe necessary kind of was the Cowboys Redskins. Cause like that one could have been closer in the beginning, but at first, I mean, the fucking Cowboys looked like 85 bears defense, dude. Like Ty- Taylor Heineke was yeah. like two for 11 in the first half. Washington yeah. scores zero points. Um, and then Heineke gets hurt too. Kyle Allen comes in just a interesting, uh, interesting game there uh yeah. not really surprised that dallas won i kind of thought they were especially this morning when it comes to find out that you know washington's gonna be missing two more defensive linemen so with chase young being out that was three starting defensive linemen that they had out so i wasn't yeah. too shocked that they lost but dak what didn't look that good he didn't it was more on their defense which is actually you know really surprising to me because their defense you know even from the start of the year has been a big question mark. Um, yeah. You've got Diggs who, you know, has, who was lights out within the first, what, four weeks, I'd say, and then kind yeah. of slowed down and and he's kind of coming back to life a little bit now. Uh, Micah Parsons is looking like, you know, he Great. very well could be defensive. He's going to win defensive year. rookie of the year. There's no way yeah. he's losing that. Yeah. Um, he's, he's been playing out of his mind, um, which is, I think a big part of why they, you know, we're able to, you know, hold the W this week um, and and why Heineke was playing the way that he did. I mean, to be honest, Dallas should have had probably another four interceptions. Um, there were so many balls that, you know, those defensive players should have caught 
that just ended up dropping. And, yep. you know, that probably really would have changed this, the way this game was, um, you know, putting them up, you know, even more, what was it like 23 points at half? Yeah, I mean, dude, they, they very well could have won that game by, like, 30 out. points. But, I mean, that's kind of a yeah. testament to, like, what I think of Dallas as a team because I think they're good enough to win the NFC East. You know, they're ahead by, oh, what is it, like, two games right now? Three, three games now. Three. three games. But at the same point, it's like, dude, I can't trust that team completely because, like, at first it was their defense we were worried about. Now it's like their offense isn't clicking. They got all yeah. three receivers back this week. Both their running – or Tony Pollard was out, but Zeke was in. And they just weren't able to, like – I don't know, their offense looked decent, but then they didn't – Dak made some mind-boggling throws, dude. I was just like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and they the big weren't thing good is, throws. Is, uh, yeah. And the big thing is that they have to play a full 60 minutes. And – yep. What we haven't seen them do this year is play a full 60 minutes and they'll get up early. They'll let teams back into the game or, you know, if the team isn't good enough, they'll just, you know, the other team will just kind of flounder. And until we see them play that full 60 at that high level, I don't know how far this team's going to go because like you said, there are question marks. Dak was not on his, you know, they only scored three points in the second half. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely 24 think in the beginning, the first. I definitely think the class of the NFC is the Cardinals, Bucks, and the Packers. Like, I wouldn't put Dallas on the level of those three teams, but at all, you know what I mean? Like, they'll definitely win their division. They're three zero against their division already. They've beaten all three teams. If they were gonna lose, if they were gonna lose a division, they had to lose to Washington in Washington. Yeah. And now, now Washington doesn't have t- Taylor Heineke. We, he might be out for a. a extended period of time McLaurin got hurt I mean dude, that's tough for a team that's already pretty banged up right and yeah. then the Eagles I mean we don't know what's gonna we don't know the Eagles are Jekyll and Hyde from one week to the next they're gonna go back, we, back to Hurts and and I don't like that at all like I don't that they're not a good they're not a good team dude they're one in yeah. four for playing from behind so you're the only way they're gonna win a game with Hurts playing quarterback is if they get a lead right away so I don't like that um yeah man i mean i think the cowboys are gonna make the playoffs but i definitely agree with you like i don't think they're like a contender you know what i mean i don't think they're on the level of the packers bucks and cardinals yeah i mean that's tough because to be honest i don't think we've seen what they can do and that's that's the hard thing to dallas like, I don't think Bobby. we've seen what they can do over a full 60 minutes when they're actually playing a game, when they're in a tight game with a with a, a top-level team with all of their starters. Well, that's, that's the only problem that I see. I mean, they lost to the Broncos with a lot of their starters. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know, dude. That's, that's what I'm saying about the Packers, dude. Like, I just don't – I don't – I mean, I'm just, sorry, not the Packers, the Cowboys – yeah, like I, I just don't trust them, dude. I yeah. trust the Bucks. I know what I'm getting from the Bucks. I trust the Packers. I know what I'm getting from the Packers. And as much questions as I have a, a, about Arizona, they continue to answer them week after week. You know what I mean? Whereas Dallas, I continue to question. Okay, now the defense is playing well, but the offense kind of they had a a ton of missed turnovers and missed opportunities. I mean, they settled for like six field goals in that game. Yeah, you know what I mean. 
yep. against a, a bad red zone defense in Washington too. So that's the thing with them. But I didn't really want to go off on Dallas too much. I just want to bring up that game. The the thing that I really wanted to bring up this week, Ben, was the Las Vegas Raiders. So this yep. is a team that started five and two. They they enter their bye week, and that's when all the fucking shit hits the fan. The Gruden situation. Henry Ruggs, since that time, they've won one game, I believe, if I'm not yep. mistaken. Is that correct? Maybe two. Now they won one. They're they were five and two. They're one in five since that time. Okay. They beat the Eagles and then that's when they had their bye week. And then they lost to the Giants, lost to the Chiefs, lost to the Bengals, beat and the Cowboys, beat the Cowboys. lost to the so, yeah. Washington lost to the Chiefs. So they had one win in that time because the Eagles was right before their bye week. And that's when everything, sh- the shit hit the fan. Uh, okay. 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 I thought it was a week before, but I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Uh, well, that's when Gruden got fired. Gruden got fired after the Bears game. Then they won two. And then the mm-hmm. Rugs thing happened after the Eagles game. Shit hits the fan. I mean, everything just yeah. falls apart there. And the thing with the Raiders is like, once all that shit happened, I didn't expect them to be good at all, man. You know what I mean? Like, that's too much to overcome. That's way too much adversity for a team to overcome for them to yeah. be good. But the biggest question is, like, where do they go now? Because they have a lot of holes still. Even after all these drafts that Gruden and Mayock had, they have a ton of fucking holes, dude. Yeah. Their owner is dirt pouring consideration of owners, of NFL owners. The NFL don't want him there. Like, where does this team go, dude? Yeah, you know, and I don't think they're bad enough to blow it up. I mean, I, I've been seeing a lot of comments from Raiders fans that, like, you need to blow up this whole team. And I'm, I'm not too sure if that's the answer. I mean, they're, they're still six and seven. They don't have a real head coach. They, you know, a big part of their problem is that they don't have a wide receiver core and they don't have that, that top wide receiver that's fixable. Um, offensive line needs work, but that's something that, you know, is, is more of this season than last their yeah. defense was better at the beginning of the season. So we know that that's not as big of an issue as it is showing right now. They've regressed um, every single week, though. Oh, they've gotten worse. It, they've lost so bad. I mean, 23-16 to the Giants, 41-14 to the Chiefs, 32-12 to the Bengals, uh, 17-15 to Washington, but then 48-9 today to the Chiefs. Like, those like are after, blowouts. After week five, they were top 10 defense DVOA, and now they're yep. 22nd. Like, so that's, that's how much they've me, fallen off. To me, that means they just need tinkering on the defensive side my that's a lot my like, view of them if you look at their team i mean you're you've already mentioned a whole bunch they need wide receivers they need they have holes in their secondary on defense for sure like you could basically mm-hmm. say they need to replace their whole secondary they have one good defensive line or they have two good defensive line when linemen and mac uh, max crosby and gonway outside of those two she's hurt that Richie Incognito is offensive line. He's offensive? I thought it was defensive line. Yeah, he's offensive line. 
But even their offensive line, I pay attention to the Raiders. Their offensive line, <laughs> I, I feel more comfortable about because they have Colton Miller, and then Leatherwood's only going to get better. Like that's yeah, that's whatever. But their defense has so many holes, dude. And it's like, all right, are you going to pay Derek Carr because he's due for an extension? Are you going to pay him, you know, thirty to forty million dollars a year when you have all these holes on your team? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's the right move to make. I, I don't know. That's a good question. What's their other option, though? I mean, their other option is to, if you, I would say, if you like a quarterback in this draft and you're able to get him and you target one around when you're picked or you can trade up to get one, you do that. Or you can even wait till next year in a better quarterback draft and you could, you know, suck next year and hope to hit the lottery. Because honestly, building the NFL team, there's no like, there's no methodical way of doing it, dude. A lot of it is luck, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think, it truly is. I think the big thing, and you said this on APR, is that they need the team to be good in Las Vegas. They need to be spending as much money as they can to get people into that stadium. Because, granted, they are going to sell the tickets because it's Las Vegas and, and people are going to go out there. But if you don't have a team, it's not going to be a home game. It's going to be, you know, 75% visiting fans. And I think that's something that, that the Raiders really need to have is that, that home field advantage, that extra push from the audience that they're not getting like they had in Oakland, but you know, that, that they need to really push them over to that next level. And the only That's way so to do hard that to in do. Vegas is to have a good team. I think I mean, you what have do you to do? bring you... that car. I think you have to bring in a probably two wide receivers, top notch wide receivers. But they that's a lot of money, draft. dude. Yeah. And I'm not they saying just they don't built have the a money. brand new stadium that they have I know, to but fill. There's still a salary cap, you know what I mean? Like you have to you have to build your team in the salary cap. You can't just go out and spend unlimited amounts of money or else I know, it, would, yeah, it wouldn't be a huge that, issue. But... And that's that's where I think they're in a hard rock in a hard place because I don't think Derek Carr is good enough to to lead you like an Aaron Rodgers can who's making a third of your salary cap. So he can make up for deficits in your team. But Derek Carr can't do that. So unless he unless Derek Carr is making like sub unless he's making like 20 million a year which is like a little bit above average for an NFL quarterback starting quarterback like I don't think that the Raiders can be successful with him because he needs a perfect team around him we've seen that yeah like when everything was going good for the Raiders Derek Carr was good and the Raiders were good the soonest things as soon as adversity hits loses Henry Ruggs right Darren Waller's hurt uh, the defense isn't fucking holding teams to under 20 points. Derek Carr is not that guy. And that's the hard thing is there's very few of those guys. You know what I mean? Like those guys don't yeah. just grow on trees. That's why when you get one, you, you hang on to him until he retires. Yeah. So I, I do think the Raiders are in a rock in a hard place, but I do agree with you in the sense that, you know, if you can't draft that quarterback that you see as better than Derek Carr, then you have to hang on to Derek Carr. Unless you can yeah. address it in in the free agency, but who's going to be a free agent that's better than Derek Carr? Because if Derek Carr becomes a free agent, there's going to be plenty of teams that are going to throw money out with him, like the Carolina Panthers, for example. Absolutely, yep. There's a ton of teams that need quarterbacks, and there's not great quarterbacks out there. 
Yeah, but he, uh, Carolina Panthers would be a great situation for him because they have a good young defense. They have yep. a great young running back, wide receivers. They're not paying these guys a ton of money, so they could pay him like 20-plus million, and that would be a good team. But the Raiders aren't that team. They're not in yep. that same position as the Panthers. So I think they're in a tough position, Ben. Yep. So that's why I, under, that's why I understand the blow it up narrative and yes it would suck because it would definitely be a road game for the Raiders for a couple of years but if you suck for a couple of years and and develop your team and and hit on draft picks then you know the sky's the limit from there look at Arizona look at um um the Niners when they were able to get Joey Bosa if you land some of these draft prospects and you elevate your team dude sky's the limit yep they're gonna have a tough schedule man I have a tough schedule every year. Browns, Broncos, Colts, and Chargers. Yeah, Yeah. they're in a tough division. Yeah, they're in a tough division. That's why even next year, it's like, all right, Herbert's only going to be a year better, and then you still got to go against Mahomes. (laughs) Like, it's just brutal, dude. It's a brutal. I would hate to be in that division. Which is why I think that. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just also that crazy to think that they're last in their division, and they only have Mm -hmm. a six and seven record. Like, that's. That's not bad for being last in your division. Um, you know, you look at, at some of the other ones. You've got, uh, you know, the Giants at four and nine. Okay, Pittsburgh, same thing, six and six. Houston and Jacksonville, two and eleven. Um, Giants four and nine. Detroit one and eleven. You know, Carolina five and eight. So if you put them in a different division they're not looking as bad as they, you know, as bad as they are in the AFC West. Yeah, for sure. Both the West divisions are probably the two hardest divisions in football. Yep. Along with the AFC North. But the other funny thing too, is like, they're not even out of the playoff line, dude. They're only like a game out right now. So it's like, it's still a possibility. Although I agree with you, I don't see them winning four in a row against who they have to play. Maybe they'll yeah. beat the Broncos, but I mean, I just I just don't see them winning at all right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, interesting stuff coming up for the Raiders. So I'm ex- I'm definitely excited to uh, talk with Raider Eddie on APR this week <laughs> about about the Raiders. Absolutely. Dude. Can't wait. <clears throat> all right, let's hop into another team um, that is very interesting right now. So, and we talked about this on APR too, and that's the Buffalo Bills. So yeah. they're coming off two losses against playoff teams, the Patriots and the Buccaneers. They're one in four against teams with a record of over 500. Their only win, Ben, against a team over 500 right now is against the Chiefs. And that was when the Chiefs were in shambles. Yeah. So I don't even count that. And that's giving them that win, dude. And the Chiefs weren't even yeah. over 500 at that time. And and they're the opposite of the Raiders. I'm Look at their schedule going ahead. They have the Panthers, the Patriots, which is going to be their hardest team to play. Um, and then the Falcons and the Jets. So they very well can win out the rest of this, you know, this season. Um, probably three and one at the worst. But they're gonna make the playoffs this is for not, sure. This is but this is not a playoff team whatsoever. They're gonna get mollywopped when it, yeah. it comes down to, to working. Um, you know, we talked about it, uh, you know, just in, in little bits before, you know, we started the podcast and you can't have 
your QB when you're Buffalo being your top rusher or even the top rusher in the game. Um, yeah. And, you know, Fournette just beat him out today. Uh, Fournette had 113 compared to um, Josh Allen's 107, but your QB should not be running for 107 yards. Dude, they didn't even attempt a rush with a running back in the entire first half, dude. It's incredible. Absolutely dude. incredible. And this um, is what this the, is what I've been saying about the Bills all year too, Ben. Remember, I remember I brought this up early in the year. I said they cannot not or I shouldn't say they can't run the ball. They just choose not to run the ball. And for some yeah. reason, I can't understand it, dude. And it was going to catch up to them carries. at some point. Yep, it's, only 19 carries on the day. 12 of them were Josh Allen. So dude, only seven carries between Singletary and Brita. It's and, and Singletary insane. was averaging 13 yards a carry. That's yeah. what I don't understand. Like when you're when your running back is running well, why not utilize that? Dude, they they like refuse to run the ball even in that Monday night game against the Patriots, dude. The Patriots ran the ball 42 times. The Bills ran the ball 22 times, and not all yep. of those were designed runs either. That was Josh Allen scrambling for some of them. They just refuse to run the ball, dude, for whatever yep. whatever reason it is. They just refuse to do it. And that well, you was- need to be able to run the ball in, in late stages in games, dude. If you can't run mm-hmm. the ball, you're screwed. And I don't think Singletary is the answer. Um, you know, he's, he's young enough, but I, I, I think of his, him more as a number two. I, I don't think he's that number one running back that they need. They I need agree. someone who can just plow through people. Um, give a number one in there. You don't have to run Josh Allen that much. I think you also probably need a new offensive coordinator. I don't know if, if they have an offensive coordinator, if their coach is calling all the plays, the shots. No, but Their offensive coordinator, Brian DeBull, is a – well-regarded offensive coordinator. This guy was like highly sought after for head coaching jobs this offseason. Yeah. <clears throat> That's the crazy thing. I mean, he has done wonders with Josh Allen, dude. Like for true. sure. Very true. Because two years ago, Josh Allen, like we were like, all right, is this guy even an NFL quarterback? And then last year he played like an MVP. This year he's definitely regressed a little bit. I mean, he had yeah. a great game today. I mean, he he was really the sole reason why they came back. I mean, he ran for almost 100 yards. Fucking – he was making out there making plays on a bum ankle too. He got hurt in the third yeah. quarter. So, I mean, he, he isn't the reason. This team just has issues, dude. And on defense too. Their defense has kind of regressed a lot, Ben. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's that's something that we were talking about at the beginning of the year of what we were so impressed about this team was their defense. And I mean, you you can't allow 488 yards to a team and, and expect to win the game. And they came damn close. They, I'm surprised that they went to overtime. But well, the Bucks you know, are going thing. three and out. The the Bucks are the Bucks, dude. They, all right, I gotta say this, Ben. Bucks have the same issues as, as uh, Buffalo Bills. This man, Leonard Fournette, is running. He's averaging like seven yards a carry, and they stop running the ball. Yeah. <laughs> like what? I don't understand <laughs> why, dude. They just started throwing it. It's like, dude, you have a seventeen point lead, and you stop running the ball. Why aren't you running the ball? That was how. That's what run Leonard Fournette got them the lead to begin with. Yeah, you know what I mean. He was a huge reason why they were dominating that first half. So I mean, I, the Bucks are a very interesting team too. But I mean, obviously they have Tom Brady. We know what 
they can do. They won the Super Bowl last year. So when was the last time Tom Brady had a rushing touchdown? He gets them all the time because he does those quarterback sneaks, those like one yard fucking uh, just okay. dive forward. Okay. Yeah, he's like the specialist in those. But he was he was out there running, dude. He was, <laughs> yeah, fucking. Oh, I guess only sixteen yards today, but seven carries. Yeah, it's, he was. Uh, it's big for Tommy was, boy. He he had a he had like a ten yard first down run in the first half, dude. I was like, oh shit. 44 years old, man. The avocado tequila got him going. I'm straight. Yep. Let's go. He had, uh, a, he had a good smoothie this morning. Are we so as far as making the playoffs, we're not concerned about the Bills because of the dog shit schedule they have, right? We're just concerned that they're mm. gonna if they can win a game in the playoffs. I mean, I personally I said it on APR last week. I said, you know, I feel like Sean McDermott is kind of losing the locker room. Came out after that Monday night game and basically told everybody, oh, I didn't get out coach. My players just didn't execute. He didn't say it in those words, but he definitely said, yeah. he said, I got, I didn't get out coached. He said it wasn't Bill Belichick. He basically put it on the players on the field, which is not a good look. You don't want to lose a locker yeah. room. Especially I, if grown men right. making millions of dollars. Yeah. I think you're right in the sense that because of their easy schedule down, you know, for the rest of the season that they'll make the playoffs, but they're definitely not winning their division. And I mean, they can still win the division if they beat the they can Patriots. Still win the division. Yeah. Um, and but, the Patriots still have to play the Dolphins, I think, right? In Patriots Miami. have the Colts, Bills. Jags and Dolphins in Miami. Yeah. Yeah, dude. The Patriots never win in Miami in December, dude. Ever. Yeah. yeah so I yeah, I, I they'll make the playoffs for sure. Uh, I think both the Patriots and <clears throat> the Bills will make the playoffs. I but, agree. Uh, I don't see them going anywhere. I'm already bracing myself for a fucking Patriots Bucks Super Bowl, dude. Like the writing is on the wall. It's gonna happen. Kansas City could take it still. It I'm just me. I'm bracing myself for the, the worst. The Chargers start. too. It wouldn't surprise me with the Chargers. They can do nah. it too. When Chargers. they're when they're Jekyll and not Hyde. They, I mean, they look they. They have they the pieces good. to be great. I mean, they look great today against the fucking Giants and and uh, on an even week. Uh, who who's the draft quarterback that is playing? Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon. Yeah. We had both we had both long neck quarterbacks playing today. Davis Mills yep. and Mike Glennon. Hey, Davis Mills looks like <laughs> Bill Burr too, dude. He hella does. Dude, oh my god, he Did does. You see that yep. meme? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Dude, he hella <laughs> like making Bill his uh, first NFL start today. Oh man, he really did. Uh, no, that's it. I do think the AFC is much more open than the NFC. That's for sure. Yeah. Because like, I think we would both agree right now the Chiefs might be the best team in the AFC because their defense mm-hmm. is playing like lights out, dude. Yeah. And that was like the biggest concern to begin with. And, and now Mahomes is holding on to the ball. That was something I really noticed today. When he goes down, he's not holding it with his throwing hand. He's actually tucking the ball, which Finally, is why not, he's not fumbling everything. Yep. And he's not throwing crazy-ass interceptions anymore either. Yeah. So he's starting to take what the defense gives him, which is good, dude. And they need to do that. And I do think if the Chiefs continue playing defense like that, scary hours, Ben. Yep. 
Absolutely. Scary All right, let's move into our top five teams of the week this week, Ben. So last week you had Arizona, number one, Green Bay, number two, Pats, number three, Chiefs, number four, Bucks, number five. So what's your top five look like this week? Uh, Teams are the same. We're just going to be moving things around a bit. Um, Since I mentioned last week and the week before that I can't penalize a team for not playing yet, we've got uh, Arizona and the Rams uh, coming up tomorrow um, that we'll do a quick review after this. Um, but, uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to keep Arizona at, uh, my number one position. Uh, number two, I am going to go with green Bay. Um, swear to God, if you jinx us, Ben, I'm, I didn't call a, a team and I won't even, won't even tell you who I, I like at, you know, when we go over the, the preview here. Um, but, uh, I'm going to go green Bay, number two, Kansas city. I'm going to go number three. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to use your word. They molly walked the Raiders today. Um, and really showed, you know, really Love showed word. who they are um, offensively and defensively. They played really well. So they've moved up to number three. Uh, number four, I'm going to go with the Pats. Um, and number five, Tampa Bay. Um, I'm still a little weary about Tampa Bay just because of their age. Yeah, but they, I mean, they're getting better, dude. That's a weird thing to me. Yeah, it's what happened last year, too. Because the so. biggest question we the biggest question we had about the Bills and the Bucks coming into this game was neither team has beaten a good team, so who is really going to win this game? And the yep. Bucks honestly should have won by like forty, but they kind of <laughs> fumbled it. Um, but last week, my top five teams: I had Arizona number one, Green Bay number two, Kansas City number three, New England number four, Tampa number five. So <clears throat> number five staying the same, Tampa. Four, New England. Three is Kansas City and Arizona if they lose. So Kansas City or Arizona if they lose. Number two, Green Bay or Kansas City if Arizona loses. And number one is Arizona or Green Bay if Arizona loses. So I have three caveats in there in case we have an upset on Monday night. So speaking of the Monday night game, let's preview this Monday night game real quick for everybody. Um what do you think about this game, Ben? Yeah, it's, it's going to be a great game. Um, we've seen Arizona stay at the top, um, which is very much deserved. Um, and we've seen L.A. regress a little bit, which is, uh, is, is a little bit of concern for the Rams here. Um, you know, I, I take a lot of account into what happened in the previous game. And, you know, that was a 17-point win by, you know, Arizona here. So, you know, I, I definitely think that, um, you know, Arizona understands what they need to do to beat, you know, to, to beat the Rams. And, you know, Kingsbury is, you know, a, a, a smart coach. And I think he's going to I think he's going to really kind of push that that through um, Kyler coming back last week. Hopkins coming back last week just gives them a little bit of, a, you know, a push to you know, improve that offense from where they were, but this is a a much more difficult defense that they're going to have to play. So I think this is going to be a good kind of, you know, uh, NFC West showdown. Um, That's it'll be tight. Um, And it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a great game. Um, I, I like Arizona here just because they're, 
only getting two and a half and they're the home team. Yeah. And I think that's going to, that's basically, that's basically calling it a pick them. And I think Arizona is the better team. Ultimately, I think their offense is better and I think their defense is better than Rams defense. So as an, right now, yeah. as an overall team, I definitely like, um, I like the Cardinals here. Um, I was kind of, in, I was kind of like thrown off that it was only a two and a half game. We kind of talked about this on Monday last week when, we, when the line was announced, I was like, they were only on one and a half point favor. I said, that's hella disrespectful, man. Like yep. to a team like Arizona, that's been beating all the doubters eight and four ATS right now. Uh, Arizona also they're 12th in the league against running backs uh, on the pass. And that's what, the Rams did well against the Jaguars last week. The Rams have not been able to run the ball against anybody really effectively all season. Daryl Henderson is out for this game. Sony Michelle will be getting the start. We know how that has gone for him. Yeah. Um, I do think this is going to be a high scoring game though. I do think both offenses are going to get going. I think it's going to be close to, I like Arizona minus the points, but I really just like Arizona money line. I think that's a yeah. safe play, Arizona money line. Like you probably get it like minus one forty or something. One thirty five right now. Um, minus one thirty five. But I really love the yeah. over one fifty one. My big uh, determining factor, I think, in this game is how James Conner plays. I think if if he plays well and if he is a threat, I think Arizona can take this. If he doesn't, I'm not too sure. Um, he he hasn't doubt, like doubted me before. But I think they need to get the running game into, you know, a, as an option. They were able to, to run the ball last out. time against the uh, against the Rams. Yeah. But the big thing is, is they turned the Rams over three times. Yeah, and that was really the difference in the game. And turnovers are hard to replicate. You know what I mean? But <laughs> Stafford has been much more susceptible to turning the ball over here. You know, in the last six weeks or so. So it's definitely a possibility. It's definitely not out of the realm of possibility and the Arizona Cardinals get a lot of turnovers against everybody. Yeah. Yep. Give me the Cardinals. Give me the Cardinals third defense DVOA overall. Guess who's number one, Ben. Shut up. (laughs) All right, let's take a break real quick. Uh, We'll get a word from one of our taproom sports affiliates. We'll hop back in here. Uh, we got a special segment this week. We also got five minute clinic plus a bunch more to talk about. So we'll be right back. Stay locked, stay loaded. It's NFL season, and that means it's time to gamble on football. Don't worry about spending endless nights researching games. We've got you covered. I'm Big Ball and Ben Larson. And I'm Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks, lads. And I'm Steady, Eddie Martin. And we are the APR Podcast. Join us every Thursday morning as we dive in and handicap every game of the upcoming week. Impress your friends and family with your newfound knowledge of NFL football. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll see you all there. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. So this is Christmas. And what have you done? All right, we are back, and it is time to get back to this beer, uh, the beer segment. We are on to beer number two. 
I've got a, uh, a new brewing company that I haven't tried before. I think you might have had this one, uh, had this brewing company before, but uh, let's hear about your beer first, then we'll go into mine. I'm drinking another Pharaohist. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Pharaohist Falcon. And this is in collaboration with Finders. Is that right? Fitters. Sorry, Fitters. Fitters. Um, and this is the anti-up. This is the quadruple double Ooh. IPA. So it's not Ooh. it's not a quad IPA. It's just quadruple hopped double IPA. Okay. okay. So it's only 8, 8%. 8.1 to be exact it's not yeah it's not crazy though you know what i mean it's not that 10.1 i just had but that was great we'll get to that later but what are you sipping on tonight ben um so i am drinking one from icarus brewing i want to say you've had an icarus before but i'm not not 100 percent. i think you struggled over that name which is why i'm remembering it but uh <laughs> um, i would not but struggle is... with icarus okay okay um this is called drinking crayons this is an imperial uh new england hazy uh so this is a 7.9 percent and it has el dorado amarillo and columbus hops and then they dry hop it with azaka amarillo columbus and lupin mosaic um so it's going to be a very very hoppy uh beer that i'm looking forward to um it uh supposedly has notes of uh, long list here tangerine lemon melon mango apricot and a light dankness and pine so we'll see uh we'll see how it is smells very fruity so i'm looking forward to this great can art too yeah i was gonna say with that can art i would hope that it's like fruity and stuff yep interested to hear about that i do like fruity ipas too especially ones with pineapple even though this one does not pineapple but those citrus flavors are nice in ipas All right, so we're going to do something special this week since we are heading into Christmas. Uh, these next two weeks, we're going to have special top fives, Ben and I. And this Love week, we're going to hit on our top five Christmas movies. So Ben and I, before we get started, Ben and I grew up in the same period. We're the same age. So I figured we were going to have similar favorite movies. I do see one on his list that I'm kind of like, I'm I'm curious about because it's definitely one of my favorite movies, but not in my top five. Okay. So Ben, let's start off. So we'll go back and forth. We'll start with number five, and then we'll we'll work our way to number one. We'll go back and forth each one. So we'll both do five, both do four, both do three. Yep. So what's yeah. your number five? So number five, I'm gonna have to go with the most uh, disputed Christmas movie. Um, a lot of people are are about this not being a christmas movie and that's uh that's some bs right there um but uh bruce willies and die hard <laughs> i'm with you man it's definitely controversial but it is a christmas movie um yep. and i'm torn dude i'm torn between one and two and i can't choose a favorite out of both of them so i'm gonna put die hard one and two on the list dude i, I actually okay. have watched both of them in the last week too so you're picking six, huh? Okay. Uh, okay. What's your number four? Number four, I'm going to go with one that I thought was absolutely hilarious. Um, and uh, this was kind of, a, I guess, a little bit more recent than the other ones on my uh, on my list. But I'm going to go with uh, Bad Santa. You have one even more recent than that on your list, but... I do. I do, uh, I do like Bad Santa. And same with the other one on your list. My top five is a little more 
nostalgic because I like grew up watching them, except for number four, which I'll which I'll get to right now. But I do like I do like Bad Santa Ben. It was definitely yeah, I had hilarious. Yeah. It's in my With top Billy seven, Bob? dude. It's in my top okay. seven. Uh, my number four is gonna be Eight Crazy Nights with Adam Sandler. Um, huh. reason being was when I was in high school, I went and saw this movie out of the blue. I didn't even it wasn't promoted or anything. I just went to go see it because it was Adam Sandler, and I love Adam Sandler, dude. Grew up yeah. loving Adam Sandler. Right there. Went to you. go see it, and since then, dude, since it came out on DVD, I literally watch it at least five times during Christmas season. Huh. So it has become one of my top five favorites i am not gonna lie i love adam sandler i have never seen that movie dude that's i'm telling you like he didn't even promote it when it came out like it just came out and it was just like random dude but it is a great christmas movie dude and it's all animated too it's all animated yeah what's your number three uh number three i am going to go with uh a classic from our childhood um kevin home alone yep. I, I hate that new commercial too with kevin hart and whatever his mom's oh, name is. girl yeah i mean it's whatever kevin is losing kevin is a christmas tradition dude damn a tradition straight. like no other i'm gonna go number three i'm Two, gonna go three, christmas four, story but... i'm gonna go okay. christmas yeah. story way classic. Uh, uh no it's not way classic it was made like the same year we were born that's old, bro. <clears throat> yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, we were like five years old when Home Alone came out. Like, that should tell the whole truth. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Christmas story, though. I mean, it's just it's a classic, dude. I watch it every Christmas. Yep. What's your number two, okay. Ben? Uh, number two is, uh, man, this my number one and number two were really hard. Um, but I I had to go with the one that I've seen more as my number one. But number two is Elf. Will Ferrell is hilarious in uh, in Elf. It's a uh, it's a great kind of happy go lucky comedic uh, comedic movie that uh, I'm not gonna lie, I watch every single year. So, so the Elf was another one I struggled with, dude. Definitely in like yeah. my top seven. I I left him off the top five though because that is like more recent. Like I was a senior in high school when that movie came out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. I was basically a grown ass man when that Instant movie came out. Instant classic, bro. Instant classic. It is. It. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. My number two. I'm going Home Alone, dude. I mean, talk about nostalgic feel, dude. The the talk boy, the talk back. Yep. Oh man, just like that whole movie. Like when I watch it, dude, it just it literally takes me back to when I was like in kindergarten and first grade. Like I can remember, oh, I, no, exa- I can remember like exactly going to the movie theater. I can still remember it to this day, going to the movie theater and seeing that movie. We're the wet bandits. We need to leave a calling card. <laughs> yeah. Now, what's your number <laughs> one, Ben? Uh, number one is uh, like kind of number two. It's a happy-go-lucky uh, Christmas movie. Um, Till Tim Allen is a G. Um, the elves are a G in this movie. I'm going with the Santa Claus. Yep, love um, it. We have the number same love number it. one. I knew I knew this one. This is the one when I thought about it. I was like, we're both gonna have this probably as our number one because yeah. it. As far as movies are concerned, like we were 
I think eight years old when this movie came out. So we were like old enough to understand, old enough to understand things. And uh, it was really the, that and home alone were like the first two Christmas movies. I can recall Mm -hmm. that I like that are our movies, dude. Like, yeah, there are generations movies. Yep. Home alone and Santa Claus, dude. So those were definitely going to be my one and two. Santa Claus is definitely my number one because I still watch the Santa Claus trilogy one, two, and three every year. Okay, I number one is my favorite out of that, so I've I've kind of let two definitely go. So, um, so any that didn't make your list, not necessarily Bad Santa or Elf, but uh, any others that didn't? Christmas Vacation, dude. Another that's one of my one. Another funny Christmas movie. Uh, just didn't make it. Also. I know this one's kind of corny and this is why I didn't put it on there, but it's uh I'll be home for Christmas with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Okay. Came out in like the mid nineties. We were, you know, teeny like boppers. Grade there. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and so that one just brings back memories. Like I remember watching on the Disney channel in middle school and it was like, okay. Yep. You know, just that one. Yep. So what I had, you? uh, I had a Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, that's um, a good one too. And that's that's only because that was uh that was one that I watched every single year when I was growing up at my grandma's house. So it definitely kind of brings back the memories there. We watched uh you know the the great pumpkin on Halloween. We watched the uh the Thanksgiving special on on Thanksgiving and then we watched um, the Charlie Brown Christmas. And so that that had some uh, had some memories there. And then the other one I had was uh, Jingle All the Way. Um, oh yes, dude, that's who a can good love one. Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> who can't yes. love Arnold Schwarzenegger? That's but, a good uh, one, Ben. Yep, that was uh, that was a tough one between Die Hard and Jingle All the Way. So uh, that's for, a good one. Shereen and I actually watched Jingle All the Way the other night. <clears throat> Arnold is that's... nuts. Get to the chopper. I know that's not get to the chopper love it dude i love it all right that was our top five christmas movies next week we're gonna we're gonna do top five christmas traditions top five christmas traditions so i'm looking forward to that top five list next week but let's hop into the five minute clinic so if you're new to the show the five minute clinic is a segment where we spend five minutes on one topic so this was one we could have fit in with the nfl um, but we decided to make it like its own segment But this week, Ben, it was reported that there has been tension between Urban Meyer and his players and his coaching staff. One incident that leaked is said that he asked his coaching staff to defend their resumes, even saying, I am a winner and repeatedly calling himself a winner. Dude, what the fuck is going on in Jacksonville? Well, not only Urban Meyer survive. Not only did he call them winners, or he called himself a winner, but he called them losers, supposedly. I mean, he's come out and denied that he didn't he's call them deny losers. It all day. Yeah, and that he didn't. Uh, what was it that he didn't? Uh, he didn't have a, a kind of run-in with um, Jones Jr. So I, I don't buy it at all. I, I he is, uh, he's checked out in my opinion. I mean, so we saw it after the game today with his uh, his handshake with Verbal. Which was he didn't even look his former assistant coach in the face uh, after that win. Um, 
I mean, the team's not in on it. The the coaching staff isn't in on it. And for some reason, the GM and owner are, which makes absolutely no sense to me. Well, because he's he can't handle a he can handle college students. I don't think he can handle adults. I think the I think Shad Khan, the owner, I think he's in on it right now. But that's just because he's trying to skate through the rest of the season. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's only four weeks left. Like, I think there will be def- – I, I, personally, I don't even think – I don't think Urban Meyer is going to get fired. I think he's going to quit, dude. Yeah. You can see that. Like, he can go back to TV and live a generous life, dude. And he doesn't have to worry about the scrutiny and dealing with players and all that shit, dude. He can just be on TV. So, I mean, you're 100% right when he went to go shake Mike Fairbill's hand. I mean, he looked he looked drunk, dude. He looked like he just drank a bottle <laughs> of tequila, bro. Like, he looked like he did not want to be there. Like, he he looked out, and his team has played like it the last several weeks, dude. Like, they look checked the fuck out, too, dude. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's, you're it's just not a good look, dude. Sorry, 2-11. Like, what happens if you lose to the Texans and the Jets? I mean, they're going to lose to the Patriots and the Colts. No question about that. But what happens if you lose to the Texans and the Jets? And you end your season 2-15, and 15, taking the number one QB who looks like trash right now. Who's lost. He does. And, uh, you know, you're uh, again, you've got rifts with the coaching staff that you hired. But that's what I'm saying. I think I think that it's trick. I think he's lost the locker room already, Ben. Like these players look like they're not even trying, dude. Like they won that Bills game, and then ever since that Bills game, like they've just looked done, dude. Like they're ready to go yep. on vacation. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just, yeah, man, dude. Like it's it's not a good look, Ben. <laughs> he he ain't gonna. And he's. I honestly think he's just gonna quit. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me because he's getting a lot of uh, of, of negative press, and I'm all started with that is with that guessing. one incident, dude. <laughs> which which one? <laughs> well, it really it really <laughs> all started. It really all started when he at the his bar skipped, after yeah, yeah when he skipped, skipped the, the flight and shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's when everyone oh, yeah. really started. And he hasn't been able to regain momentum, and and that's the thing too is like, all right, he could deny these allegations and these rumors, but it's like we saw that, you know, like that happened. So now it's always going to be in the back of our heads. Like he's not telling the truth because we've seen him and how he acts. Like he don't care about that team. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hundred percent too. So. It's a, it's a mess in Jacksonville, but I don't expect any less. So, all right, let's Seriously. move over to form me another future London yeah, Jaguars. There we go. Could happen. Could very well happen. Um, let's move over to form me another. Um, I'm going to, man, I'm just taking your lines all night. Um, I'm going to take your line from our very first show. And this is the TMZ aspect of the podcast where we need to make sure that we, uh, we touch on these, uh, on these items, but uh, aren't necessarily going to even put five minutes uh, or a whole segment on this. And we're going to be talking about UFC where Amanda Nunez lost last night. And, uh, 
of course, we're recording on Saturday, on Sunday. Um, so she lost last night to Juliana Pena, um, who was a huge underdog, plus 600, um, and has now kind of become one of the biggest upsets in UFC. So do you think this is good for UFC and the, the, the fact that Nunez lost and, you know, Pena and huge underdog won? Oh, I mean, I think it's great for UFC because, you know, these are the kind of stories that make headlines. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, she was, uh, Amanda Nunez was more than a 10 to 1 favorite to win that fight. Like, Juliana Pena had less than a 10% chance of winning and she won. Yep. Um, you can say what you want about, you know, Nunez tapping quickly, whatever. But, you know, she lost it. The only thing I will say is that Nunez making that 135 weight cut, um, I could that's tough on her. So, I mean, it, she might not want to do that anymore because she's the 145 champ too, you know what I mean? So, yeah, like this weight division, she could have been ready because, I mean, she looked excited to lose, dude. It looked weird, bro. She was, like, happy to lose. It did. It was almost like, I don't want to fight this division anymore type shit. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm shocked that it, Nunez lost, but I, I definitely think it's good for UFC. Um, the worst thing for UFC is like if a guy Sean O'Malley starts losing, who's like a a, a dude they're building up to be a great fighter, or Kamzat Chimev. Like if these yeah. guys lose, it's a bad look for the UFC. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you. Absolutely with you there. Um, I'm on the the kind of team that. Uh, was surprised with Nunez losing the way that she did. Um, it looked like it happened way too quick, um, you know, for, you know, a fight that was really damn important, um, you know, in her career. So she looked I don't happy know to if lose. she wasn't, yeah, I don't know if she wasn't prepared and, and just was okay with taking the loss or, you know, if it was that she was, tired of the spotlight i don't know um I, I don't think that's the case in in either sense um so yeah i i'm a little worried for ufc about that but i think with an, a huge under winning and, and taking the the title i think that's a that's a huge move for the ufc huge w Yep. All right. That was an interesting subject right here. Simone Biles was named Athlete of the Year by Time Magazine. Um, so what? I guess the best question to ask is like, what do we think about this? Was she deserving? I hate to say that word. Like, was she deserving? Because like, but was she? Deserving? Yeah, and I may come off as an asshole on this, but. No, and I don't think she was. I think she is like the time person of the year. I don't think she's the time athlete of the year. Um, I, I just think this is the wrong award for her. Um, you you look at at you know Tom Brady could have gotten this you know this uh, award this year. You look at her teammate uh, Suni Lee, who won Sports Illustrated uh, Athlete of the Year who went through and took this team when one of the best performers was out um, for the, the competition. I think she could have been the Athlete of the Year. I understand that Simone Biles is 
incredibly courageous and strong for doing what she did. Not only coming out and saying, I can't compete. I have, you know, these issues that not only am I doing, dealing with mentally, but physically. Um, I just, I think she's the person of the year, not the athlete of the year. I mean, I don't know about person of the year either. I haven't thought about that, but I definitely agree with you as far as the athlete of the year. Like, I get why she was named athlete of the year. Like, I understand the reasoning behind it, um, that she spoke up against mental uh, health. And then obviously with the Larry Nasser shit going on. Yeah. So I, I understand it, but I don't have to agree with it. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. it's a I think it's kind of a reach, but I'm not mad at it. You know, I mean, at in the end of the day, like, what does athlete of the year get yeah. you? You know, what I mean, other than, um, you know, notoriety and and publicity, right? But, you know, from our perspective, we get to talk about it. It gives us something to talk about. I mean, you could have named like Tom Brady athlete of the year. You motherfucker is forty four years old and just won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, you could have named several people athletes of the year and in more than just athletics you could name them athlete of the year based on what they did Giannis Antetokounmpo uh just I mean the list goes on dude and I agree with you I don't understand I get it but I don't get it if that makes any sense no absolutely does absolutely does all right right, let's move on to oh you're taking this oh no this is you this is you you're right I mean, you can. I got an opinion on this too. So, uh, but I'll, I'll go for it. Uh, Tiger Woods, Tiger Tiger Woods, y'all. He is yeah. uh, he is back. He is going to be playing in the PNC Championship next week with his son. It was just announced uh, next week or this week that uh, that he will be back to playing. Um, do you think this is too early for Tiger, or is this uh, something that needs to happen in golf? No, I mean, if if he's set to play, he's set to play. I mean, I don't expect him to do well. Um, I didn't expect yeah. him to play another golf tournament again, to be honest. And the fact that he's out there is is a win in itself, I would say. Yeah. Um, and at this point, he's not going to hurt his legacy. You know what I mean? Like his legacy is set in stone of what it is. He's a 14-time major champion over and over again. He's His legacy is set in stone. So, you know, if he wants to do this with his son, like, do it, dude. Yeah, more power to you. How old is yeah, his I'm son with you on that. right now? Uh, he's pretty young. I don't know off the top of my head. Find that out while I'm uh, while I'm talking about what I'm gonna I'm gonna say about this. Um, I'm I'm stoked about this. Um, the reports have been saying that he's about eighty percent um, from where he is. He's not doing his full stride. He's not doing his uh, you know his his you know the power that he had um, you know when he was even coming out of his prime um i think it's great that he's doing it with his son and um you know i also think that this is a, a good option for him because the pnc does allow for people to use carts um in this you know in this uh, tournament so he's going to be able to not have to walk um the whole 18 um you know it's going to be a uh, you know a good way for him to kind of ease back into the golf world and you know he's said it he's not going to be anywhere close to where he used to be he doesn't expect to ever be back in that 
but uh, he's getting out there and doing what he loves. So I think that's, I think it's great for him. Um, and I, I just hope that he doesn't, uh, you know, uh, rely on, uh, fuck it, I'll say it, rely on the pain medications and, um, you know, other yeah. items to get him through his day. So. Yeah, seriously. I don't know, dude. I'm like trying to search it, but it doesn't really say. I'm guessing. I thought he was like, like, I thought he was young. I think he's like eight. No, nah, he's older than that, dude. Twelve. Twelve. Okay. Twelve years old. Man, it's crazy. It's crazy. Charlie Axel. Uh, beast. Beast. All right. All right. All right. All right. It's that time of the night, Ben. Yes, yes, it's that time for our best bets of the week. So last week we went three and one. We've been we've been pretty good on uh on here on APR. We've been making some money. Um, so last week Ben had Dallas Cowboys minus four and a half. That was a W, and then he had Seattle minus seven and a half. That was a W. I had Buffalo money line last Monday night minus one forty four. That was an L, and I had Pepperdine men's basketball minus four and a half over St. Jose State. That was a W. So let's get four and oh here, Ben. What's your two best bets of the week this week? Yeah, I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be riding the Kansas City train. Uh, they have been absolutely incredible within these uh, these last couple games, um, and I am gonna go with Kansas City minus three and a half. Um, their defense is playing out of this world, um, and you know their offense is you know Patrick Mahomes led offense. Um, Kelsey's playing great. Clyde Edwards Edwards Hilaire is playing great. Hill is still you know one of the top wide receivers in. Uh, you know all of football, so I'm uh, I'm gonna be riding this train. Uh, both of these teams are kind of scoring around 27 points a game, um, but the Kansas City defense is allowing about six less, um, and that was after a couple of horrendous games at the beginning of the year. Um, so we're gonna go Kansas City minus three and a half. Um, game two that I'm going to be picking is going to be the Tennessee Titans over the Pittsburgh Steelers. I do know the Pittsburgh Steelers are on the, uh, you know, let's win for Ben train. Um, but uh, let's be real. It's uh, it's still a, a pretty dismal situation in Pittsburgh. Um, they are at home, which gives them a, a three-point favor here. So they're saying on the neutral field that uh, Tennessee is going to be winning by five and a half um, and I definitely think that that is a, a good possibility here um, so if you're getting them at um, minus two and a half on the spread I think that's a that's a, a good place to have them so I think this number will definitely kind of boost up um, over the week so get it in at two and a half nice man all right I'm going with two Monday night games so I'm going over 51 points Arizona LA I definitely think this is going to be a sh not necessarily a shootout but it's definitely going over 51 points because it's gonna be a close game my second best bet of the week I'm going more college hoops because I've been hot on college hoops if you follow me on Twitter you know this too I'm going North Dakota State University Bison minus two and a half or Bison for the night, baby. North Dakota Ooh. State minus two and a half at home. They are playing Indiana State, and you might be asking Jordan, man, I've never watched North Dakota State play basketball. 
Who has? Straight. I have, dude. I've watched North Dakota State twice this year. Not just, not once. I watched them twice. One time against UNLV, which is a uh, a good top 100 program, and they, that was a close game, dude. They arguably should have won that game. And I watched them against Arizona. Arizona is one of the best teams in the country this year. They got this kid Benedict Matherin from Canada. He's unreal, six seven. Dude looks like he's long, like looks like he's Giannis's length, dude. It's it's just incredible. Kid is a he's gonna be a top five pick. Nobody even had him pegged as a top five pick, but I've been screaming his name out since he played it versus Michigan. Um, and they lost 97 to 45 against Arizona, but they played Arizona and that's what matters, dude. They played a top five program in Arizona. Indiana State is not top five and I'm getting the points at home. You're telling me Indiana State is a better team neutral? No way. Give me North Dakota State minus two and a five, minus two and a half. Let's lock it up. Let's go, man. Love it. Love it. All right. 4-0 next week. That uh, sounds pretty damn good. Um, all right. Let's get back to our beer. You were super excited about talking about your first beer. So uh, I'm going to I'm gonna turn that over to you. Um, heavy one. Definitely. Yeah, dude. One. So this is interesting because this Juice Wolf is a triple IPA, 10.1%. Um, but it's very easily drinkable, dude. Like it's delicious. The the hops are incredible. You could taste the citrus flavors, the aromas, the, I mean, just be- it's a beautiful beer, dude. Um, I'm going to give this a 4.6 out of five. The, Damn. The quadruple double hopped IPA, not as good, still good. Um, honestly, the quadruple double hopped IPA tastes more like a 10% beer than the triple. Okay. So I'm going to give this, it's, it's good though. I would drink it again. Um, I'm going to give it a four out of five, both very good beers, dude. If you ever come across Froa's Falcon, dude, definitely tap in with them and, and take a couple sips, dude. Nice. Okay. How are you? Um, so my first. My first beer was the uh, a tribe called Quench, um, and this was Barrel Brothers, and um, again coming out of Windsor, California, um, a little bit north of the Bay Area. Uh, so this was the 7.0 hazy IPA. Um, this was actually really good. Um, I was a little unsure about it at the beginning. Um, it um, it's thick. It's definitely thick. Um, but after drinking. Um, uh, I drinking crayons. Um, it, it kind of changed a little bit of my view of this beer. Um, so I'm going to give this one a 4.25. Um, it is a, uh, you know, a, a great beer. It really did have that citrus notes of the, the kind of tangerine and orange there that comes out of those, uh, Amar- Amarillo hops. Um, and I'm, I'm guessing cashmere as well. Um, it was, it was a little thick, uh, from the get go, but it definitely kind of mellowed out as you're drinking the beer, which is a little bit surprising. Usually it, it gets thicker as it gets a little bit warmer, but uh, I really enjoyed this one. Um, so I'm going to go 4.25. The mm. other beer, the drinking crayons, um, it was really fruity. Um, it was, uh, uh, had a great taste to it. It was just a little bit too sweet for me um, for a, you know, double hazy IPA. Um, so 7.9%. Again, this was Icarus Brewing. I'm still going to give it a four. 
Um, it was really tasty. Um, and that's, again, the, the fruit that comes out of it is what made this beer. Um, the, the sweetness was just a little too much out of it, um, which kind of lowered the, uh, the number there. So drinking crayons, four out of five. Not too bad scores, those two good scores. No, not at all. Not at all. I'm I'm good super happy. Beer there. Sorry, I forgot that I had to go into the closing too. <laughs> so, all right, thank you everybody out there for listening to the Taproom Sports Podcast. This was episode seventy. If you have been with us for all seventy episodes, thank you very much. We definitely appreciate it. If you've been with us for uh, one or two, hey, we appreciate thank you, you as well. Um, yep you're uh you're 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 making us happy by listening and uh you know it's a it's a ton of fun to be doing this podcast but make sure if you are listening to go and follow us on instagram at taproom sports podcast uh you can check out our twitter at taproom underscore sports you can search for mine ain't gonna be there so go look for jordan's which is at jordan rules tsp we're on Facebook. Just search Taproom Sports Podcast, or you can visit www.taproomsportspodcast.com where you can find all of our podcast info and check out our social medias. Make sure to check out APR, which drops on Thursdays as Jordan and I are joined by Raider Eddie to talk about the NFL season. We'll be going over week 15 next week. Make sure to check out TSP Wagers out once a week where we look at, uh, at two games. Uh, at this time, we're doing basketball and hockey, uh, but we build bets from the games themselves and uh, put out our three pint, two pint, and one pint bets of the week. We did pretty good last week, so I'm happy about that. Make sure to check out Biscuits and Barrels. As I mentioned earlier, we just recorded that today, so it's going to be out for our monthly uh, monthly podcast. Um, make sure to check Talk that some out. Talk some Kane. We did talk about Evander Kane. We definitely did talk about Evander Kane. Um, but we had Keith from uh, Torch and Crown out of uh, out of Manhattan, New York. Um, he provided all of us uh, with some great beer. Um, there goes the neighborhood, which is a barrel-aged imperial stout, coming in at eleven point five percent. Um, it was it was a ton of fun. We had a great uh, we had a great podcast with the guys from Ninety Second Beer Review, and um, make sure to uh, to check that out if you like hockey or barrel aged beer. But uh, but that's it. We've, uh, we've had a good podcast. We'll be back next week. Make sure to check out the others for Big Paul and Ben Larson. That's me and Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. Lads. That's, that's me. me. We'll see you next week. Let's go. to us once more. the years we all will be together. If the fates allow. Hang a shining star upon the Now have a merry little Christmas now have yourself a merry little Christmas yeah a merry little Christmas yeah yeah have a merry little Christmas
It's the most beautiful time of the year. Lights fill the streets, spreading so much cheer. I should be playing in the winter snow, but I'ma be under the mistletoe. I don't wanna miss out on the holiday, but I can't stop staring at your face. I should be playing in the winter snow, but I'ma be under the mistletoe. Staring at your face I should be playing in the winter snow 